0: Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom, the podcaster taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 151 is entitled, The Language
1: of Abortion. The day before yesterday, my fourth great-grandbaby was born. Mindy, the expectant mother-to-be, and I were left alone while she timed her contractions. Her husband, my grandson, was at work. My wife was away in another city on an errand. Mindy was eating an ice cream cone. Mindy continued to check the app on her phone, measuring the time between contractions. Mindy had been having intermittent contractions all day. I told her I would leave the door open to my den and to call out if anything changed. I never heard from Mindy, so after a few hours, I found her in the basement, still timing her contractions. Immediately, they moved from seven minutes apart to six. I panicked while Mindy remained very calm. Linda had taken the car and all I had to get her to the hospital was a 1929 Mercedes-Benz kit car scaled down to the size of an amusement park ride and an old GMC pickup with oversized tires filled with garbage. I am six foot one inch and have to screw myself into the kit car. It was impossible for Mandy to fit. My 1985 GMC pickup was filled to overflowing with garbage bags from a recent family reunion and with tree limbs and huge clumps of grass from a general yard cleanup. It was filthy inside and out, but it had to do. The oversized tires required a small ladder to get in, but it was our only option. I have pictures to prove my story. Mindy calmly managed to climb in, and I drove, impatiently blocked by unforgiving red lights and very slow traffic, unconscious of our emergency. It turned out, however, that the emergency was more in my panicked mind than in the imminent birth of the baby. This was in the afternoon. Mindy's husband was waiting at the emergency entrance in response of a text from both his wife and from me. The baby waited until 15 minutes before midnight before it decided to make its entry from heaven into this beautiful blue planet. Theo, my fourth-great-grandchild, a handsome little boy born to parents who will delightfully spoil him. Everyone is appalled by the death of a baby, including those who fervently believe in abortion. Therefore, it is perhaps helpful to examine how partial birth abortion. Abortion on the day of birth can be justified. It begins with a cause and ends with language. A mother does not announce that she is having a fetus. A mother proudly announces that she has having a baby, even from the first discovery that she is pregnant. Perhaps there is no greater moment in the pregnancy than the feel of that first kick. Luke, the physician, describes the joy of the once-barren Elizabeth when she felt life in her body. And
0: it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Luke 1.41
1: For the liberal agenda, the cause of women's rights is greater than the cause of a baby's rights. Therefore, the ends justify the means. They do not consider the evils of abortion of a viable baby. They consider only the virtue of a woman's right to have an abortion. However, they still must separate themselves from the act of abortion of a living human being. Therefore, they resort to language. To a mother, a fetus carried in her womb is human life. It was heartwarming to see Mindy rub her stomach lovingly as if she were stroking the child itself. There was a joy in her face. To abortionists, it is still, even in the latest stage, medical tissue. In that way, they divorce themselves from the reality of taking a human life. The following are some of the euphemisms that refer to abortion.
0: Medical tissue, fetus, uterine contents, pregnancy tissue, products of conception.
1: Language separates us from reality. Euphemism is the term used to describe unpleasant events and to circumvent our conscience. Euphemisms for killing the unborn are
0: A woman's right to choose, emptying the uterus, gentle suction, interruption of a pregnancy, partial birth abortion, termination of pregnancy.
1: It is no coincidence that every element surrounding abortion is camouflaged with euphemism to hide the hideous event. Euphemisms for abortion clinics are
0: Planned Parenthood, Medical Clinics, Health Clinics.
1: We have words for different kind of killing. A person may be executed, assassinated, murdered, Killed, snuffed out, eliminated, euthanized, exterminated, terminated with extreme prejudice, aborted. The names differ, the connotations differ, but the outcome is the same. Death to the victim, whether guilty or innocent. I am again reminded of King Claudius' words, who is guilty of murdering his brother to become king.
0: In the corrupted currents of this world, offense's gilded hand may shove justice and oft is seen the wicked prize itself buys out the law. But tis not so above, there is no shuffling. William Shakespeare's Hamlet
1: Euphemisms of those who support killing unborn babies are
0: A woman's right to choose, abortion rights supporters, advocates of abortion rights, pro-choice, reproductive rights, reproductive freedom, reproductive health, reproductive justice, women's health care, women's rights.
1: One of the most meticulous writers of modern English was George Orwell. In Politics in the English Language, Orwell stated,
0: Now it is clear that the decline of a language must ultimately have political and economic causes. It is not due simply to the bad influence of this or that individual writer. But an effect can become a cause, reinforcing the original cause and producing the same effect in an intensified form, and so on indefinitely. A man may take to drink because he feels himself to be a failure, and then fail all the more completely because he drinks. It is rather the same thing that is happening to the English language it becomes ugly and inaccurate because our thoughts are foolish. But the slovenliness of our language makes it easier for us to have foolish thoughts.
1: Fanatical devotion to a cause, even a virtuous one, allows almost any behavior, no matter how gross that behavior may appear to others. Conscience is diverted from the act to the cause, from the means to the ends, to the point that one can commit even murder and feel virtuous. Because of that trait, one can see how dangerous it is to move from absolute law, such as thou shalt not kill to political correctness or relative morals. Where the absolute laws of God rule conscience rather than the relative values of a melting society, then order is preserved and values are commonly shared among people. When absolute laws are denied, then gross misconduct must be hidden behind language. As nature camouflages the most poisonous vipers, language camouflages the evilest acts. A democratic republic depends upon this one principle the sacredness of human life. That is what democracy is all about. The one, the important and the unimportant, the visible and the invisible, the strong and the helpless, the old and the young, the born and the unborn. Our democracy cannot continue where human life is devalued and morals are relative. Our laws become a mere footprint in the sand. We now live on just such a sandy foundation and the tide is rolling in.
0: Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.
1: In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.